Hello, thank you for listening to the Avenue GCLC podcast. My name is Christopher Stevens, and I'm the minister at the Avenue G Church of Christ, where we are people of more. We hope that you enjoy and have enjoyed listening to this podcast, where you can find sermons, congregational singing, and talk shows with myself and youth minister Joshua Williams. We pray that the content is a blessing to you, and we hope that everyone listening can join us in person for worship and Bible class. We are located at 601 West Avenue G, Temple, Texas, 76504. And don't forget to visit us online at avegcoc.org. From the people of war to you, thank you and God bless. On this morning, we continue our At the Movie series. At the Movie series. Uh, this, this month, we're looking at movies. We're taking a look at the storylines within the movies and, and seeing if we can bring out something from God. And I know that you look at this title this morning and you say, The Lion King, right? The Lion King. And when I looked at this, I said, this is perfect timing. As you know, Disney has their new version of The Lion King coming out which that comes out this week. Y'all leave y'all kids at home so the grown people can enjoy it, okay? Uh, it was our movie first. Uh, but The Lion King, you know, as I looked at the title for this, because I picked out these movies early on, I was like, okay, what can I do with this? You know, what can I do with this? Because we have The Lion of Judah, which we know is Jesus Christ, right? We have The Lion King, which is the adversary of the devil, The Lion King. Y'all get, y'all get that? I thought that was cheesy, so I didn't use that. Um, but then we have The Lion King, which we're going to talk about today. And this movie here, uh, if you've seen the cartoon before, this movie, it tells the story of a young lion cub named Simba. And Simba has a father by the name of Mufasa, voiced by the great James Earl Jones, whose voice I would pay to have. Uh, and he tries to help this lion cub grow into being a king. But when Simba is born, he is next in line to be a king, but he also moves somebody else out of the way of being king. And that's his uncle, Scar. And Scar was not happy about that. And so Scar devises a plan to take Simba out of the way and take his father out of the way so that he could be next in line to be king. Let's check out some of what Scar does here. Couldn't find the cartoon clips anywhere, so I had to use the new one. But 
when you're looking at the picture right here of Scar, uh, which you can tell by his face where he got his name from, thank goodness people don't call us what we look like, right? Uh, but this man, or this line right here is called by what he looks like, Scar. He has a big old scar over his eye. And when Simba, spoiler alert, Simba's father is killed by Scar. Sorry. <laughs> he probably hasn't seen it. Uh, he dies, right? And Simba's left alone to fend for himself, and he himself was supposed to be killed. And Simba has nobody to help him out, no family to help him out, really, just a, a, a pig and a, whatever that little thing is with him. Meerkat, there we go. And Simba's left to fend for himself. The plan that the evil person made prevails, right? The plan that the evil person, Scar, set in the place to set in the motion to do, it worked. He's next in line to be king. He becomes king, and the evil excelling, the evil person is on top. And whenever I looked at this story within The Lion King, I, I said to myself, this is something that we're all familiar with because we've all been in positions to where people who don't do right seem to do better than those who do right. And we've been in positions to where we try our best to do what God wants us to do. We're obedient as we can be. Yes, we make mistakes. Yes, we fall at times, but we do the best that we can, and we, we try our best to follow the will of God. But then those who oppose God, those who are disobedient to God, always seem to come out on top. We've been in those positions before. We've been in the position to where someone devises an evil plan, and then they succeed in the evil plan. And we face situations that are scary. And we face situations to where we keep calling out to God and calling out to God, but nothing is changing about the situation that we're in. In fact, the situation that we face, we know that we're not going to make it out. And we cry out to God and nothing changes. Well, this is the position that we find Daniel in this morning. You have your Bibles this morning? Open your Bibles to the book of Daniel. The book of Daniel, that's in the Old Testament. Lamentations, Ezekiel, Daniel. Old Testament. What page is that in our pew Bibles? If you don't have a Bible on this morning, we have Bibles on the back of the chairs. 436. It's on page 436 in your pew Bible. 436. I want you to read this with me. As we look at this, we're familiar with the story that happens before Daniel, right? Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, right? That was Daniel's friends. That was his homeboys. Daniel is in a position to where he's in another country, another culture in which he came from, and Daniel is just trying his level best to survive. And what happens is that God allows him to, th to, to thrive in the culture, in the civilization that they're in. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they decide that they're going to worship God and keep on worship God no matter what. And, you know, they go through the fire and they, they survive and everything. And then we make it to Daniel's story. If you're in Daniel chapter 6, say amen. If you're not there yet, say hold on. All right, we're there. Daniel chapter 6, verse number 1. I'm going to read for you hearing uh, verses 1 through 15, 
and then we'll start to break down and bring out the meaning of God's word. Verse number one, it reads, it pleased Darius to set over the kingdom 120 satraps. Now, these are governors or officials. These are people who have power within the community or within the country or whatever, okay? That's what these are, okay? To be throughout the whole kingdom. And over them, three high officials, of whom Daniel was one, to whom these satraps should give account, so that the king might suffer no loss. Now, pause right there for a moment. I need to explain this because I know it might be confusing to what's going on. But you have this branch of government that exists here in this passage, right? You have Darius, who is up at the top, right? The satraps, all right, the high officials. Then you have the satraps, right? And God has allowed this foreign people, the children of Israel, although they are in a foreign land, although they are not in a position of power, in a position to where they're free, God has allowed some of his people to be within the power of this culture and this civilization. Okay? So you have Darius, king at the top, high official satraps. And Daniel is one of these high officials that God has allowed to exist in this culture. Okay? Are we getting that so far? I just don't want to keep going if you're not understanding what's happening, okay? Verse number three. Then this Daniel became distinguished above all other high officials. So it is not only enough that he is the second in line, but he is among the top of the second in line, Daniel is, okay? And satraps, because an excellent spirit was in him. And the king planned to set him over the whole kingdom. Y'all seeing what's happening here? God's people in a bad situation, but still in a good position, amen? Verse number four, then the high officials and the satraps sought to find a ground for complaint against Daniel with regard to the kingdom, but they could find no ground for complaint or any fault because he was faithful. Can we say faithful? Can we say faithful again? And no error or fault was found in him. Then these men said, we shall not find any ground for complaint against this Daniel unless we find it in connection with the law of God. Now, what I want you to see here is this. This is what I want you to see. In this text right here, Daniel is given a high position among the enemy. He existing among a people who are not for the children of Israel, yet God has allowed to, them to excel in their environment. Now, that's much like Christians should be in the world. Amen. We ought to be in the world, but not of the world. Amen. But sometimes... When we are in this world, God still allows for us to be in positions of power, positions of influence, whether it be on our job, whether it be in our communities, whatever it may be, God allows us to have position. But guess what happens whenever you have a position of power or a position of influence? Anytime you start moving up that ladder, it's going to be somebody that's mad because they can't climb up that ladder. Somebody that's mad because they don't, they're not in the same position that you're in. Somebody that's upset because they can't do what God has done for you. Amen. And this is exactly what's happening with Daniel at this time. Daniel didn't do this for himself. God did this for Daniel. But yet you have these people here who are upset that Daniel is where he is. Okay. And so these people get together and they said, we're not going to find fault with Daniel. We need to find something with God that we can use against him because we know that Daniel's going to be faithful to that. I remember being on the job, starting out at Acer. 
one, how old was I? 20, 20, 21, starting out working at Acer. And I'm working with all these people, some people who already retired once already. And I'm the youngest person in there. Some people, most people that I work with got me double by age. 40-year-olds, 50-year-olds, 60. And I'm working with folks. And whenever I come into work, I put on my headphones and I do my job. Don't really talk no much. Talk much. Just put on my headphones and get to work. Right? And then at times when I finish my work, I hit my quota. I'm like, okay, I got time to read my Bible. I bring my Bible to work every day. I have it with my lunchbox because they used to let us eat at my desk. I didn't ever move from my desk. I have my food at my desk, my Bible at my desk. I meet my quota. I'll open up my Bible. People had a problem with that. Not so much so that I was reading my Bible, but because I was meeting the quota in a very short amount of time. But the way that they got a hold to me was, why does he have his Bible out? Then I get an email. Well, everybody gets an email. Can't have Bible. I'm the only person that got a Bible, but everybody gets it. All right? Y'all know y'all work in some situations like that. Where somebody wants to say something to you, but then they CC everybody else. All right. This is what's happening with Daniel. They say, we know that we can't get Daniel anything else because Daniel does what Daniel is supposed to do. So they said, why don't we get him where we know that he's faithful? Where we know that he's going to do what he's supposed to do. And so they say, verse number five again, the men said, we shall not find any ground for complaint against this Daniel unless we find it in connection with the law of God. And understand that Daniel, again, is existing in a culture that does not recognize Yahweh God. Y'all know who Yahweh God is. That's the God of Jesus. There's a lot of different gods that exist in this world, in the mind of people. Right? But there's only one Yahweh God. Only one God that created everything. Only one God who is a supreme being and still wants to be in relationship with me and you. These other gods that exist in this world, they don't want to be in relationship with human beings. You look at other people's gods, they don't want to be in relationship with people. But Yahweh God wants to be in relationship with his people. Let's look at verse number six. Then these high officials and satraps came by agreement to the king and said to him, O King Darius, live forever. They come with that tongue trying to talk sweet to King Darius, right? Verse number seven reads, all the high officials of the kingdom, the prefects and the satraps, the counselors and the governors are agreed that the king should establish an ordinance and enforce an injunction that whoever makes petition to any any god or man for 30 days, except to you, O king, shall be cast into the den of lions. They come to him and say, OK, we know that there's several gods. And we think that we ought to make a law that if anybody prays to any other God, they're going to be thrown into a den of lions. And understand what a den is. A den is this big hole that is dug out by a human, right? And then they throw these ferocious lions in here. Have you ever seen a lion in person? How many people have been to the zoo before? Do they look like something you can hold? Now, some people, they choose to do that. You watch Animal Kingdom. I don't know why those folks like to go and hug lions and try to act like they're people. They are animals. 
But I remember uh, we had uh, at the parking lot at Walmart one time, there was a uh, some some people that came through and they had these baby, I want to say it was tigers. They were small. They looked like mini size, medium sized dogs. But when them tigers put their paw on your hand, and I was like, if the little one's hitting like that, and a lion is bigger than a tiger, can you imagine the power that a lion has? And I'm wondering, while I'm reading this, I'm wondering, this person that dug this, this den, this hole in the ground, did they survive putting those lions in there? So you have this hole that's full of lions, and they said, for some reason we want to make this law that if anybody else prays to any other god, and they're going to be thrown into this den of lions. And just like in our lives, people who do not serve God, people who do not recognize God, are sometimes in positions of power over what happens in your life. And when we face those situations and we have people who don't serve the same God that we serve, and then they make these rules, these things that govern our lives, we have to make a decision. Are we going to serve God? Are we going to obey man? Because that's what's going to happen with Daniel. He's going to have to make a decision. Am I going to serve God? Am I going to serve man? Am I going to run the risk of being thrown into this big hole full of lions? Or am I going to worship God? Am I going to keep doing my job like I'm supposed to be doing? Not recognizing that God is the one who gave me the job? Am I going to act like God doesn't exist? Am I going to keep on being the spouse that God wants me to be? Am I going to be who the world calls me to be? A wife that doesn't respect and love her husband. A husband that doesn't respect and love his wife. Am I going to be a submissive husband? Submissive wife. Hard decisions to make sometimes, right? It's hard. Am I going to listen to my parents when they tell me, don't do drugs, don't drink, remain virgins until you're married? Am I going to do what looks fun? It's hard decisions that we have to make. Very hard decisions. So as we see in the word of God, verse number seven or verse number eight, let's go to verse number eight. Now, O king, establish the injunction and sign the document so that it cannot be changed. They say we want you to make this law and we want you to sign it so that you can't change your mind about it. Right. According to the law of the Medes and the Persians, these are just the group of people who are in charge at the time. Right. These are the people who had the strongest army and they defeated other people, okay? Medes and Persians, okay? Which cannot be revoked. Verse number nine. Therefore, King Darius signed the document and the injunction. I read that and I thought what people always tell me. Don't sign nothing you don't read, okay? Or understand, okay? That's, that's free right there. Verse number 10. When Daniel knew that the document had been signed, he went to his house where he had... Windows in his upper chamber open toward Jerusalem. 
He got down on his knees three times a day and prayed and gave thanks before his God as he had done previously. Then these men came by agreement and found Daniel making petition and plea before his God. Then they came near and said before the king concerning the injunction, O king, did you not sign an injunction that anyone who makes petition to any God or man within 30 days except to you, O king, shall be cast into the den of lions? The king answered and said, The thing stands fast, according to the law of the Medes and the Persians, which cannot be revoked. Then they answered and said before the king, Daniel, who is one of the exiles from Judah, pays no attention to you, O king, or the injunction you have signed, but makes his petition three times a day. When Daniel heard about the law against praying against praying to God and not to the king, a man, he said, I'm going to keep on doing what I've been doing. I'm going to keep on doing what I know to be right. And you see, as I look at this, I look at Daniel and this position that God has given him. All of us are going to be in positions to where God blesses us with those positions. Positions of power, positions of influence, positions that make us happier than we've ever been in our lives. And then when it comes the time for us to face whether or not we are going to obey God, we must always remember who put us there. Daniel did not forget who put him in that position. The king may have set him over things and made him the highest of the high officials. But God is the one that caused that man to think that thought. The king is facing the situation now, and he's about to have to go against a man that he obviously respects. Verse number 14. Then the king, when he heard these words, was much distressed and set his mind to deliver Daniel. And he labored till the sun went down to rescue him. The king didn't want to do this. But he knew that he had to keep with the laws of the Medes and the Persians or else he was going to be in trouble and lose his position. And it's obvious he, he probably respected their authority more so than God because he did not yet know God. But he will come to know God. Keep reading. Verse number 15. Then these men came by agreement to the king and said to the king, Know, O king, that it is the law of the Medes and Persians that no injunction or ordinance that the king establishes can be changed. Verse number 16. Then the king commanded, and Daniel was brought and cast into the den of lions. The king declared to Daniel, May your God, whom you serve continually, deliver you. Daniel is in a tough spot. Daniel, can you imagine Daniel getting closer to the hole, the den of lions, and hearing them growling? Historically, when someone was thrown to lions, they wouldn't feed them beforehand. They wanted to make sure that they were hungry. Can you imagine hearing the growling of lions? Those lions understanding and knowing that if I hear footsteps, that means that food is coming. They start to rustle in the hole and they take Daniel and they throw him in. And Daniel is looking at these lions, knowing that he's been faithful to God, praying more daily than some of us do. Sometimes we just pray for our food. 
Daniel was praying three times a day. Daniel, knowing that he's righteous, facing a dangerous situation that is going to take his life. He's got to be wondering to himself, how did I get here? How does the faithful of God end up in a position that is as scary as this? And we look at ourselves as human beings in this culture, in this time, and we may not face a den of lions, but we face divorce. We face infidelity. We face betrayal. This amplified bullying that exists online for our young people today. We have to face something that we didn't have to face when we were children. You got called names when you were a kid, right? Your pants were too short, they just said you were in high water, right? Was it flooding the day? Right? Y'all remember that. These kids today, they don't just get that, but people go and make videos of it, put music to it, make memes. Then they have to see themselves being torn down and made fun of. And they're facing these situations. These are their lions. The influence of the earthly culture that tells us that love between a man and a man and a woman and a woman is right, is okay, is love. The influence of our culture that tells us that you don't think right if you don't believe that children can be killed before they're born. This is, this is, these are alliances that we're facing. And you have to ask yourself at times, if you've been faithful to God, God, why am I in this place? Why am I in this den of trouble where trouble surrounds me? And sometimes God allows for us to be thrown in the dens of lions so that he can show just how powerful he is. Now, I've never touched a lion, but I've seen pit bull jaws. When they bite, it's hard to get them to unlock those jaws. Pit bull's a little bit smaller than a lion, right? Just a little bit. A whole lot, okay. A whole lot smaller than a lion. Can you imagine the fear that's going through Daniel right now? He's thrown into this lion den. The king just tells him, may your God, whom you serve, continually deliver you. Verse number 17, and the stone was brought and laid on the mouth of the den, and the king sealed it with his own signet, that's the ring, and with the signet of his words that nothing might be changed concerning Daniel. He had to seal that so that nobody else tried to come and save him. If somebody would have came and broke that seal, they would have been in trouble with the king. The king seals this thing, and he leaves Daniel there. Verse number 18, then the king went to his palace and spent the night fasting. No diversions were brought to him, and sleep fled from him. He can't sleep because he feels so bad about what he's just done. Verse number 19, then at the break of the day, the king arose and went in haste to the den of lion. As he came near to the den where Daniel was, he cried out in the tone of anguish. The king declared to Daniel, O Daniel, servant of the living God, has your God, whom you serve continually, been able to deliver you from the lions? And I love, I love this here. When you read the book of Daniel, I know in the English we can't see this, but throughout the whole book of Daniel, 
they use the Hebrew word for God, Eli. Now you see in other places where they describe God by his characteristics. Right? But whenever the children of Israel had to go into another nation, they described their God to other nations by changing the name. This is our God. This is our God distinguished from who you serve. The king comes to this pit where Daniel is at the next day, and he calls out to Daniel, Daniel, are you still alive? Sometimes people have to look at us in our positions. When they see us face things that we shouldn't be able to survive, torn up relationships, kids dying, parents dying, sometimes people look at us in our den situations and they say, are you still there? How are they still making it? How is it that they're still alive? How are they not losing everything, losing their minds? He calls out to Daniel when he's in the den of his trouble, the den of his death, the place where he was supposed to die. And then Daniel responds in verse number 23. What does Daniel say? Then the king was exceedingly glad. I'm sorry, verse 21. Start right there. 21. Then Daniel said to the king. And then Daniel said to the king. O king, live forever. O king, live forever. Keep reading. My God sent his angel and he shut said, the lion's mouth. He said, my God, my Eli sent his angel and shut the lion's mouth. And they have not harmed me. And they have not harmed me. Let me tell you that if you serve the living God, I know that people have certain things that they serve in this world, things that make them happy, things that seem to make them content, but those things don't live. And those things can't give life, but the God we serve is a living God. And he says that my living God came and he shut the mouth of the lion. That means that they may have been dangerous, but they couldn't hurt me. And we're going to be in situations in our lives to where God will allow us to face fear, to face death, but it won't hurt us. We're going to be allowed to sit in a den for a night. Sit in the den for a month, sit in the den for a year. But I want you to know that God is going to keep you from being harmed. Yes, the mouths of lions are dangerous, but God is not going to let them bite you. God is the lion king. If God says don't bite, even if they have growling stomachs, they will not bite. And your situations won't bite you and they won't kill you if God doesn't allow for it too. And this is only because Daniel remained faithful. Read 22 again. He says, Daniel is describing what God did for him. Keep reading. My God sent his angels and shut the lion's mouth, uh-huh. and they have not harmed me uh-huh. because I was found blameless before him. He said, they didn't harm me because I was found blameless before God, not before you. Even though I've been faithful to you, O king, They didn't harm me because I was blameless before God, because I did what God wanted me to do. That's the only way we're going to survive our dead situations is to continue to be blameless before God, continue to be obedient to God, even whenever it hurts us to. Because sometimes it hurts to be obedient to God. Somebody comes and says something sideways to you. You want to respond in your way, in that God's way. Ooh, hurts to bite your tongue. When you have the temptation of somebody that you love and you want to consummate something that ain't consummated through marriage, it'll hurt. 
But you got to remain blameless before God. You have to remain blameless before him. Even when you want to cheat on your taxes, when you feel like the government been stealing from you, you have to be obedient to God. Now, I hope y'all filling out your taxes right. It says, I was found blameless before him, and also before you, O king, I have done no harm. Verse 23, then the king was exceedingly glad. Watch this. Keep reading. And commanded that Daniel be taken up out of the den. And he commanded that Daniel be taken up out of the den. So Daniel was taken up out of the den, uh-huh. and no kind of harm was found on I him. I want you to see something in this. I want you to see that Daniel didn't have to crawl out the den. He didn't have to build a ladder to walk up out of this den. But God said, once you survive your den of trouble and your den of anguish and all these things that look scary in your life, I'm going to make the very same people who dug the den pull you out. I'm going to use those who oppose you to pull you out of your troubles. Because God reverses our situation. You may be in trouble today, but God is going to allow and have your enemy and those who oppose you pull you out. The king pulls him out. The king pulls him out and he doesn't feel fear, but it says that the king was what? Begin of 23. Then the king was exceedingly glad. He was exceedingly glad. And commanded that Daniel be taken up out of the den. And he commanded that Daniel be taken up out of the den. So Daniel was taken up out of the den. Keep going. And no kind of harm was found on him. Why? Because he had trusted in God. Because he trusted in God. I don't care how ugly your situation looks. I don't care how bad your situation has gotten. Even if the sun don't come up, trust in God. Trust in God. Verse 24, and the king commanded, and, and those men who had maliciously accused Daniel were brought and cast into the den of lions. They, their children, their wives, and it says in the Bible, and before they reached the bottom of the den, the lions overpowered them and broke all their bones in pieces. The same pit that your enemy made for you to fall into will become their destruction. If you're obedient to God and people are setting traps for you to fall into, God is going to allow their creation of destruction to be their destruction. If you trust in God. That wasn't something that happened immediately. Daniel had to sit there wondering, are they going to open their mouth? Am I going to be hurt? Just like we're going to have to sit in our situation sometimes for a moment. Because it builds our trust in God, to be honest with you. When, you. when you make it through a moment in your life where it's hard, and you have to sit there and wonder, am I going to be able to make this light bill? Is my marriage going to make it? Are my children going to make it to heaven? Am I going to be able to survive without a husband or a wife? Am I going to be able to make it through school? Can I keep working this job? Sometimes you got to sit in that den for a little bit and just trust God. But when you make it out on the other end, that trust is built up and stronger. Read that verse again, brother. The king gave a command and those who had accused Daniel were brought and thrown into the den of lions. Uh They, their children, and their wives. Uh Before they reached the bottom of the den, 
Okay. Lions overpowered them and broke all their bones in pieces. Verse number 25 now. 25 and 26. Then King Darius wrote to all peoples and nations of every language throughout the whole world. All right. May you have abundant prosperity. Mm-hmm. I make a decree right. that in all my royal dominion, people should tremble and fear before the God right of there. Daniel. Stop right there at verse 26. I want you to see this. Sometimes we get the notion that we're supposed to be celebrities and we're supposed to be superstars. And it's even harder in this culture because we get platforms to speak and we just need to be quiet. Right? We got we have a voice on Twitter, we have a voice on YouTube and, 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 and whatever ever thing we got out here to talk on. People have audiences of thousands of people knowing they need to be quiet. But here in this situation, sometimes God calls for us to just be regular people. Daniel was just a regular person. Yes, he had a high position, but he was just a regular person. Daniel, although he had a high position, he did not have the power and the clout behind him to proclaim God to nations that didn't know God already. I want you to see how God works here. Sometimes your pain, sometimes your stressors, Sometimes the things that you go through that bring you down are for the purpose of other people who don't know God to see his power. When Daniel is pulled up out of the den of lions and that king knew that he should have been dead, he proclaimed it to a whole nation. Look, Daniel doesn't just serve a God. He serves Elah, the living God. And that's how they started to address Yahweh God. They said, this God ain't like our gods that look like these things we carve out of wood and make idols out of. This God is a God who acts when you call on him to act. This God is a God who moves and and, and makes things happen, who saves and rescues. And the king was so impressed with this living God that he began to recite a poem. What you're about to read in these last couple of verses is the poem that the king expressed. Listen to this poem. Verse number 20. Uh, At the end of 26, he says, uh, for he is the living God, enduring forever. His kingdom shall never be destroyed, and his dominion shall be to the end. He delivers and rescues. He works signs and wonders in heaven and on earth. He who has saved Daniel from the power of the lions. This king was so impressed with this living God. He's proclaiming it to nations. This guy right here is the God that you need to be involved with. You don't have to wait forever on this guy. This guy is going to make moves in impossible situations. The king proclaims God to all of these different nations based on the troubles of Daniel. And it brings us back to Romans 8.28 again. And I'll tell you this. Oh, go ahead, go ahead. So this Daniel prospered during the reign of Darius uh-huh. and the reign of Cyrus, the Persian. Oh, that's not what I was talking about. I was talking about Romans 8.28. I thought you had that. When you look at this, someone get that for me. Romans 8.28. And we know. And we know. Listen to this. Now, I used to read this verse and wonder, how is it possible? How is this possible for this to be true. Continue. It says, and we know that all things, it says, 
all things. Even, even, listen, even the bad things. Even being on the inside of a den. Even when you're looking at something that's as scary as a lion. It says all things, keep going. Work together together for for good. To them that what? That That love God. Uh Uh-huh. Uh-huh. I want you to understand that as Daniel is sitting in his den, he probably didn't think, man, this is going to work out for everybody good. Right? I, I can guarantee you that's not what Daniel was thinking. Just like when we're in our situations, you don't sit there and look at your situation and say, man, I'm crying right now, but this is going to work out for everybody's good. I'm stressed right now. My hair is falling out, but this is going to work out for everybody's good. But I can promise you that on the other end of your problem, just like in Daniel's, recognize these Medes, these Persians, Darius, they didn't know God before Daniel. But now they had access to God because Daniel was in the lion's den. Just like others is going, are going to have access to God because of what you're going through. You may be wondering to yourself, why am I always sick all the time? Why am I always having to go to the doctor? The doctors, those nurses, they may not know God. Your access to God. Why is my kid always in the principal office? That principal may not know God. They may say, this parent sure is patient with this bad little boy. I wonder where they get this patience from. We are access to God for those who don't know God. And all things work together for the good of those who love God. We may not see it. It may take a night. But it's coming. We serve the Lion King. I want you to understand that if you're not a Christian on this morning, that you live beneath your privilege. And what I mean when I say that is, is that God has some benefits for you. Some benefits that you didn't even know existed. I can recall getting in the mail sometimes. uh, We get uh, the Nelson rating, Nielsen, however you say that. And sometimes they'll put one or two dollars in the envelope. And if you don't open it, you miss out on that. And I, I love getting those one or two dollars for doing nothing. And I want you to understand that if you don't open up the word of God, if you don't get to know God, you're missing out on some benefits that you don't have to work for. You see, God has given us the gift of salvation. And we didn't have to work for it. There's no work that you can do that will give you salvation. God gave that to us. He sent his son Jesus down here in the form of a human being. He lived the perfect life. He lived the perfect life, not for his sake, but for yours. You have to believe that that's true. You have to believe that that's true. In order for you to gain access to salvation and be saved, you must also repent of your sins. That means you have to change who you are. And you can't change who you are if you don't first change your mind. You got to change your mind about sin. You got to change your mind about evil. It can't look, it can't be enticing to you. You must confess that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. That's a public confession. When Jesus made this confession, it cost him his life on this earth. 
and it'll cost you yours when you make the confession. The last thing that you must do, you must be baptized for the remission of your sins. It's not a work that you do. It is you accessing the blood of Jesus because that's the only thing that can wash our sins away. The only thing. Once you access the blood of Jesus, it washes all sins away. We become new creatures in Christ. Everything that we did in the past is gone. God no longer holds us accountable for him. So as we sing the song of invitation, I invite you to come. Lord, to his name. Down at the cross where my Savior died.